There are a couple of reasons that I asked Beth Oliveri to be on our show today. First of all, as our skin changes, the makeup that we may have used five or even 10 years ago may not be serving us as well, and it may be time to change things up a little bit. But we want to keep things simple, too, without a lot of complicated techniques, and I sometimes watch Instagram influencers who are makeup experts, and I just get overwhelmed. I think on this point, Beth is very relatable. The second reason I asked her to be on the show was that she decided to make a midlife pivot by focusing on something she really enjoyed. This can take some bravery as we have to overcome the fear of failure and put ourselves out there by stepping out of that comfort zone. There is no better time than now to embrace our passions and have a little fun doing it. Health, wellness, career, family, life, and the better side of 50. I'm your host, Michelle Follin, and this is Asking for a Friend. Welcome, listeners. Our guest expert today decided that once she became an empty nester, she wanted to do something worthwhile, challenging, and fun. Beth Oliveri has created an Instagram following by owning her mature skin, keeping it real, and sharing all the beauty products that she loves. She goes as refreshingly wrinkled, filter-free on Instagram with over 14,000 followers. Really impressive. (laughs) Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. First of all, I'd love it if you could just tell our listeners a little bit more about you, where you're from, and all the family details. Sure. I'm from Massachusetts, on the western part of Massachusetts, out of Boston. And I have three grown daughters, my youngest being a sophomore in college, a husband, a dog. I'm a registered nurse by trade, but no longer work as a nurse. Okay. So I'm enjoying my new venture. Okay. And I do want to talk a little bit about that because you were becoming an empty nester. And how are you feeling at that time about all of a sudden you had these three girls at home and now it's just you and the husband and the dog? (laughs) Right. I think we always look for that when our kids are younger. We think we all want quietness and everything. When they finally were gone. It's very quiet, but it's also, it's a new phase of life. I put a positive spin on it, just thinking this is nice. I still get to see my kids frequently. They're just in Boston. So I'm actually excited. I'm enjoying it. Great. And so you went through a process though, because you wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to sell a cosmetic line? Yeah. What was that process like for you? Well, the process wasn't even the makeup line. I've been wearing the makeup line for four years. But in September, when my daughter went off to college, I thought, what am I going to do with all this free time? Because my husband's still working. And it's I don't want to be bored. I'm a pretty active person. And I know I've always loved makeup. But I've been afraid to actually go in front of the camera and start an Instagram or a Facebook or any of that. Then I thought, you know what, I think I will share the things that I like, not the things I don't like, in beauty products. I've decided just, you know, I'm going to do it. And I started off slow. 
I started in September, very organic. I started off with just pictures and just showing products that I liked. And then that evolved into making my first reel, which evolved into maybe making a video and maybe talking, which is all very hard steps. It was baby steps for me. But then I saw people appreciated what I did. My main thing really was, was about being filter free. That was so important to me being a woman of 50, well, 55 at the time, I'm 56 now, to be filter free and show who we genuinely are. Right. That to me is important to be able to see and not cover up and not filter my face. And I think that's it. It's first of all, daunting to put yourself out there. You're stepping out of your comfort zone. And then you're also showing people, hey, this is what I look like when I wake up in the morning. Right. Exactly. I do like to show both. I think it's important to, because I know I put a lot of makeup on in my videos, which is what it's about. But also I like in my stories to show I don't look like that every day. Plenty of times I don't wear makeup and make it as real as possible. Right. I think people relate to that. I always looked on Instagram and YouTubes and all that for women that looked like me that had wrinkles or had looser skin or just didn't have the perfect eye shape or whatever it may be. And I feel like I'm relatable because of that. I think I'm your everyday person. I would agree with you. Did you have any help doing this? No, no, I did not. Okay. It just slowly evolved and then came in the saint piece, which is the makeup. Again, I've been wearing it for four years and somebody reached out to me, said, hey, you're wearing it on Instagram. You might as well start selling it, which was big for me too, because I don't have a business sense behind me. I'm actually not good with computers. So it's been a huge learning process. It takes a lot of my time Googling. (laughs) Thank goodness for Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My daughter is pretty helpful because she has had a blog and has followers on Instagram and that sort of thing. So she's really helped me a lot, but you do. It's kind of trial and error. It is. How you kind of figure things out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know some of my videos haven't been so hot, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) You learn as you go. You learn as you go. You do. You do. You had mentioned to me that your sister was really supportive extremely supportive because we sat down in August when we started talking about it. Because again, it was about me putting my face out there. I was afraid of being judged. And I think like everybody else. And she said, just do it. So we came up a long time. I wanted to come up with a name before I even started anything because that was really important of representing who I was. First of all, it was filter. I didn't want filters. And then it just evolved into wrinkles. And then we just finally, we were powering through names and we finally came up with it. We're like, all right, I, I like this. I know it's long. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but it represents me. Yeah, she's very supportive. Well, the listeners can't see you right now, Beth, but mm-hmm. I have to say, you do look really great. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> so, thank you. You look awesome. Oh, that's nice. You picked Saint, and I'm going to spell that for our listeners. It's S-E-I-N-T. It's a makeup line. Yes. And it seems kind of like a sisterhood of sorts. Well, it is. I mean, we work with a lot of women. It is a team, a tear effect, which for me, when I signed on, the woman who got me to sign on, it's not about me even developing people behind me, under me. She said, just do what you want with it. And that's what I love about it is that I'm not pushing it. But when I post a picture with me wearing the makeup, I do say, this is it. I sell it. Some people don't even realize I sell it and go buy it somewhere else. And I'm fine with that too. It's just about me sharing the things I love. And because I do wear it so often, I sell it. And now I do color matches and that's evolved. And it's been a lot of fun. We're going to get to that because I want to talk more about like your color matching and all of that. But let's dive in a little bit into makeup for mature skin. How has your own makeup routine changed in regard to maturing skin? Mm -hmm. 
So once you hit your 50s, did you have to change things up a little bit? I did. I did. Well, one thing was the cream-based. I find it doesn't have to be saint, but I do like a cream-based foundation. Also, less is more. As we get older, less is more, and it just looks so much better. Number three is the color that you wear on your face. Do not go too light. A lot of women, as we get older, we go a little too light. And then that just picks up all the imperfections we may have on our skin. So you go a little bit darker, not much. It's all like finding the right shade. I admit it to you that I still use powder. (laughs) I know, I see in light now how it does accentuate the wrinkles. I am determined that I will sit down with you and do a color match and we will get that done because I would like to start transitioning to cream. Mm -hmm. I do think that makes a big difference. What other mistakes do you see women making and in regard to their makeup when they get to our age? I think the other thing that I've noticed I think is important is just what we're wearing under your eyes, the brightening, quote unquote, concealer is also going too light with that and wearing too much of it. It's really just about brightening the inner corner and the outer corner, bringing your main shade up to under your eye, which really helps camouflage, shall we say, the circles that we may get under our eyes as we get older. Yeah, I can see where if you do too much of the highlighter under your eye, you almost kind of look like a reverse raccoon. Exactly. That was actually one of the listeners' questions was, what was the best strategy for covering under eye circles? Because yeah, I think that's very evident. Okay, that's a good one. It really is. Your listeners could go look at one of my videos, which I did one, and it really shows the difference from brightening it, which just draws attention to the circle versus camouflaging it. It's, it's a big difference. How about eyeliner? I see a lot of differences now. Black eyeliner, I mean, you still see people doing it. It's probably not optimal for midlife. Mm -hmm. How do you accentuate your eyes without looking like a raccoon at 3 p.m.? I'm a big believer of you can do your upper lids. Two things, I do not put mascara on my bottom lid. I can't. It drops onto my underneath and I do get the blackness. So I only wear mascara on my top lashes. And I also do not use eyeliner on my lid or underneath my lid very rarely. I basically will line with a powder if I want a little bit more pop on my eye, like I take a darker brown and maybe line it very lightly, or I tight line. I more than likely would tight line. I take the the eyeliner and go under my eyelid and tight line that way. Ah, okay. All right. Would you do that for day or just mostly for night? No, I'll do it for daytime too. I'll just choose a lighter color. Oh yeah. You will. Okay. Yep. It just gives a little bit more dimension to your eyes if you just want a little bit more. It never looks heavy. Okay. It just makes your eyelashes look thicker, actually. Do you do that with a pencil or do you do that with powder as well? I do that with a pencil. Okay. Preferably waterproof. All right. Because I was trying to think how I would do that with powder. All right. So that makes sense. You would do that with a crayon or whatever. Yeah, not powder. One thing that I know women our age, we do want to keep things simple. We're not really into spending hours dolling ourselves up just to go to the grocery store. Right. But one thing that I see a lot of on social media is contouring with almost like, I'd say, looks like a brown. Right. Like the shade of brown crayon. (laughs) And I think that looks really intimidating. I can see why that looks intimidating. Absolutely. And a lot of people ended up buying Saint from me because it's big on the contouring. I never push that in. Start off slow. And then when you're ready to do the contour, it's actually very easy, but you tackle it slowly. 
If you take on too much, then you'll never use any of it. So contouring can be fun. Don't have to do it every day. It gives just a little bit more of a cheekbone. But for women our age, that's another thing. The younger ladies can wear it down lower on their cheekbone because it gives them that chiseled look. Us as more mature women, if you're going to contour, you want to actually bring it up a little bit and not into the hollows of your cheekbone. You actually put it on your cheekbone and you don't bring it down too far because it will drop your face. But it's more about blending it. If you blend it properly, you're good. And play, practice. Yeah, because you had mentioned that using the cream, it does take a little practice to get good at it. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. It takes a little practice, but once you get it down, you can do it with your eyes closed. In regard to how you apply it, because I see sometimes you use your fingers and sometimes you use a brush. Mm -hmm. So what do you use a brush for and what are you comfortable just using your fingers to blend? So with Saint Makeup, one of their things that you see a lot of the Saint women doing is they dot their whole face with all the different colors and then blend. I find me as a mature woman, it does not work for me. So I don't do it that way. I basically use a brush to apply most of the highlights, as we call it for Saint, which would be their foundation and your blush. Sometimes I'll use my finger to apply my blush and then you can blend it with your finger or blend it with a brush. It's however you'd like to do it. But I have to say for under my eyes, I find using my finger gives me a lot more control than using a brush and I don't have as much product because when you put too much product on is also when it's going to get cakey and not look good. So when I use my finger, it just it melts more into my skin a little bit better and I have better control. Okay. One piece of advice I would offer people too. So I just went to the eye doctor and I have dry eye. A lot of women our age do have dry eye. And what they may not realize is that if you are having a hard time getting a good application of your under eye concealer or even some foundation, it's not quite sitting well, you might want to go check about having dry eye. Because once I got that fixed with taking fish oil and doing some drops, that has almost been alleviated, but I really struggled for a long time Wow, putting makeup underneath my eyes because the skin was so dry. Okay. That's great to know. Just a tip for everyone. That's great. Good. Yeah. Good advice. So I'm brunette. You're blonde. Is shade choice really more based on your skin tone? Does your hair color ever factor into that? No, your hair color, the only thing I usually factor into is maybe the contour that I'm going to pick for you. But other than that, and regarding any kind of makeup, no, it's more your skin tone is your foundation color is what you look at, not your hair color. Okay. And then let's talk about eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Because eyebrows are kind of important right now, but I don't want to look like I've got a living being, like a caterpillar. (laughs) Caterpillar. (laughs) On my face. Right. Some people, they can look kind of drawn in. And how do you get that natural look? You get a highlighted brow because God knows we've got thinner brows right now. Right. What do you do? (laughs) I got to be honest. I think brows are probably the hardest thing. I love watching women who have these beautiful brows and they just feather these strokes in. Majority of us women don't have that. I actually use a stencil and I put as little product as I can on so it doesn't look heavily applied. There's also some really great gel pencils that work great too. I think it's by um, Revlon Tattoo. I've loved that one too. Lighter strokes, lighter color, I feel works great. An eyebrow frames your face. So when we don't have our eyebrows, just put a little bit on. It just makes such a difference. Yeah, it's, that's great advice. And I have a interview with a dermatologist coming up. 
And one of the things I am going to ask her is what serums really do work for eyebrow growth? What do we need to be looking for in regard to safety and all that? If there's something that you can do to help facilitate some eyebrow growth, that's great. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, it's good to have some good makeup strategy there. I've actually used some stuff for eyebrows and eyelashes, but there are some out there that you have to be careful because it has a hormone prostaglandin in it. So you have to be aware of what you're putting on. Well, the eye doctor said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That she was on my show and she did talk about the prostaglandin. So you definitely want to check that out. Yeah, you don't want that. Did you have a brand that you liked in particular? I go prostaglandin free and it's Lash Food. You can Google it. I think Ulta and Sephora both sell it. And it works. Granted, does it work as strong as the ones with prostaglandin? No, but it still works. And I have eyelashes because of it and eyebrows. So I will put... Any of the products that you mentioned today will be in the show notes. One other question that I got from a listener. Sure. Lip liner. Mm -hmm. Are people still wearing lip liner? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But it's not like it used to be back maybe in the 80s, 90s, where you line the lip with a darker liner and then put on a different color lipstick so you see the difference. It's more about blending the two. So you buy a nice neutral lip liner. I like to fill in my lip with a lip liner because it allows your lipstick to last longer. And you just sort of blend it in together. So you put a lip liner on, feather it a little bit with your finger, and then put on your lipstick. So it's not a huge line of lip liner and then lipstick. But yeah, lip liner is great because it really allows your lipsticks to stay on longer. All right. I haven't worn lip liner in a while. (laughs) Well, it's more work. (laughs) I'm lazy. Yeah, I get it. I have gotten really lazy particularly working from home. And I mean, I'm on Zoom calls and and things and I try to look put together, but there's just a lot of stuff that's kind of gone by the wayside. And I would say lip liner is one of them. That's okay. That's okay. You know what? Lip liner doesn't have to be every day. I think a lip gloss just for the day is great too. And I've noticed that when I'm on camera now, I have to put a little more color on my lips. It's like all these things that we start to... (laughs) find once we're on zoom and yeah, things like that. Yeah. You start to notice. So I don't look, you know, half dead in the morning. You've mentioned that there's some other products besides Saint that you like, and one was mascara. You did a comparison of mascaras on Instagram. Oh yes, I did. Yes. I did Thrive, which is a $26 mascara. It's a tubing mascara. I normally wear waterproof mascara for me because I don't like it to fall off and keeps my lashes curled. I use Essence, which is a $4.99 mascara, and it's fabulous. But everybody talked about the Thrive, so I got it. I do like Thrive. It comes off very easily compared to the Essence waterproof. It comes right off like tubes when you're washing off at night, so that's a plus. It looks good, but I think my Essence looks just as good. But people love Thrive. And what's nice about Thrive is it works great for sensitive eyes. So I think that's a plus too. Yeah. There's so many good mascaras out there. I use CoverGirl. So I... Yeah. You know what? I agree. Essence (laughs) is... I love Essence. So... (laughs) Yeah. I've tried Lancome and all the real expensive ones. And I always go back to my Essence. Do the same thing. I've, I've, I've gone. I've tried others. I get samples. I'll try them. And then I end up back at my CoverGirl. Right. Yep. You got to use what works for you. Right. So Essence Mascara, where can people find that? Oh, gosh, you can find that everywhere. Walgreens, Ulta, Target. It's everywhere. Okay. 
It's a great brand, I will say. All right. I'm putting that in the show notes. I haven't tried waterproof mascara in a while, but maybe I should because I do get the three o'clock. The crumbles. And the crumbles too. Yeah. That's why I wear waterproof. (laughs) The problem is when your eyesight isn't as good, you don't see the flex as well. (laughs) (laughs) So like my daughter's picking them off my face, like such a great look, (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Anyway, so what other makeup lines have you liked along the way? Well, before I was using, oh my goodness, Saint, I was using IT Cosmetics, IT. Okay. Love their brand. They have a great CC cream foundation that I've used forever. Loved it. I also liked a nice expensive one, Giorgio Armani, which is a fabulous foundation. It's a liquid. Majority of the time, lean more towards Saint. Uh, wear a lot of AYU makeup, which is a makeup brand from Ireland. Beautiful makeup. They were so kind about four months ago to send me some makeup. I love their brand. So highly recommend that brand also. She has beautiful stuff. Okay. Is there anything particular in that line that you like? Oh, she has a great, the blush bronzer is fabulous, which is a powder. And I usually do not like powders, but I actually like that one. It's nice. And then she just sent me their glow stick trio, which is liquid contour blush and highlighter. And it works amazing. And it's very easy to apply. You just dot it on and blend it in. And do you buy that online? You can get it online. Yeah, she sells internationally. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, I'm taking notes because okay. I'll share all this. Let's talk just a little bit too, Beth, about your skincare routine. Mm-hmm. What do you use to wash your face? What moisturizers have you liked along the way? Honestly, the biggest game changer for me has been retinoids. So I use a prescription strength retin-A. Mm-hmm. A Trentinin, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. That's been a game changer for me. I've been using it now for 16 years, three times a week. That I think is what has made my skin as good as it is at this point in life because it exfoliates. But you have to be careful with it because it can be very sensitive and it's very sensitive if you go in the sun. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration if you start a Retin-A, but it's a great product. And there's so many good skincare products out there. I think it's more or less finding out what works for you and... Right now, I'm using Zoe Skincare. It is a little bit more on the expensive end, but I am seeing more results with that one versus a generic brand from CVS. So really enjoying that brand. Okay. Is that Zoe, Z-O-E or Zoe, Z-O? Yep, Z-O. No, just Z-O, Skincare. Mm-hmm. Okay, Zoe Skincare. It's a fabulous line. It is a medical grade skincare line. That's all good to know. And then, of course, sunscreen, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Sunscreen. I wear in the winter. I wear on cloudy days, rainy days. I'm so used to it. It's just part of my skincare routine. I put all my oils and whatever I put on first and then sunscreen's the last thing that goes on. And then my makeup, if I wear makeup that day. Okay. Sunscreen's very important. You know, I've started wearing sunscreen on the back of my hands every day. So important. I wish I had started that a long time ago. So do I. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) So I put my sunscreen on my face and then I put it on the back of my hands. I've also been using some, some retinoids on the backs of my hands too, because. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's getting bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. I would love to talk about how our listeners would get a color match from you. That's great. Yeah. So I, they have Instagram. It's on my Instagram account and the link, there is a link. You can fill out a form, send in a picture, and then I receive it via email. If for some reason you do not have Instagram, put my email out there and they can message me and then I can send them the form that way to fill out via email. 
All right. What does it entail? How many pictures do you need? Mostly people just end up sending me one picture, which is fine as long as it has good lighting and it's in front of a window with natural light. It's great. It ends up working out great. And the majority of the time, the colors are always correct. All right, good. And then is there some kind of a guarantee that if the color... Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You got a 30-day return or exchange policy on the uh, main colors. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. One other thing I did want to ask you, Beth, we like to talk about midlife pivots, if you will. How would you suggest other women start the process of creating, not even just Instagram, but maybe following their passion? I think you have to dig deep for that. If you're going outside your box, it's hard. It's not an easy process, but I think you reach a point in life. Why not? Why not do it? That's where I was. Back in my 40s or when I first started wearing Saint makeup, four years ago, I was thinking of selling it and I didn't want to put my face in front of the camera. And then you hit your 50s and I'm like, I'm going to do it. What does it hurt? So start something. See where it takes you. If it doesn't take you where you want it, then you stop. Just It's such a different philosophy as you get older. You're more willing to take those chances and see where it goes. Yeah, I think also too, at this point in our lives, the fear of failure is somewhat diminished or we tend to overcome that a little bit more. The fear of disappointment, all those things just aren't as pronounced as they were maybe in our 20s, 30s, and even 40s. I think it's life experience and maturity. Exactly. But I love what you've done. Again, the number of followers you have on Instagram is so impressive. And I really appreciate the advice you've given me Hmm. on creating a better social media presence. I think you had some great advice to offer. So thank you very much for that. Oh, you're welcome. And we'll see where it goes. See, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're starting something, right? (laughs) How exciting. It took being unemployed during COVID and doing some soul searching and praying a lot. Just Mm -hmm. like, wow. Mm -hmm. It was just a crazy time of life. Really saying, what would make me happy? Aside from my job and my family, it's really just following that passion. Right. What would bring me joy every day? Mm-hmm. But you got to figure out what that is, right? Right. It takes some time. It's a process. It is a process. It is a process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some people must have thought I was crazy. And I don't know it. Your family members are probably like, go, mom, go. But <laughs> well, I think at first they're like, what? <laughs> You know, I still have friends that are like, haven't watched you on your podcast yet. I go, you don't watch podcasts. You listen to podcasts. (laughs) Right. How do I find it? That's funny. Here's the link. It takes some time for people to get used to what you're doing. Right. Right. Anyway, listen, I will let you go. I so appreciate you being here today. This was delightful. Absolutely. I am going to fill out the form and I'm going to send you a picture and I promise. I will get a color match. Absolutely. When you are ready. Oh, thank you for having me and reaching out. I totally appreciate it. Yeah, it was really nice meeting you via Instagram. Yes. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate the time today. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Follow Asking for a Friend on social media outlets and provide a review and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Views and sharing help us grow. 